Hey, you're listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. For more information about the Lighthouse, you can visit lighthousedallas.org. We're in a series entitled Weekdays, Weekdays, and, and it's talking about days of, of our week that we feel weak. Has anybody ever felt weak before? Raise your hand. Amen. Some of you, how many right now I'm feeling kind of weak and that's okay. You've come to a good place uh, because I believe by the end of this message and this, this, this service today, you will find strength in the Lord. Somebody say amen. And so uh, in this series of weekdays, we have been looking at Genesis. We've been looking at the, the, the first week of creation found in Genesis. And I want to take you, uh, wouldn't it be, isn't it just, just like God that as we're talking about light, uh, they didn't know what I was speaking about. Uh, wouldn't it be just like God to talk about light and talk about darkness and and bring us into Genesis chapter 1 when God created, when God said, let there be light. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to be at today. Um, and uh, where we're going to be uh, looking at is uh, specifically verses 14 through 15. And those are going to pop there on your screen. Uh, God said this. We know in Genesis, the first recorded words of God were, let there be light. And there was light. But we see now in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, it says this. God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the night from the day, from the night. Somebody say separate. Do a better job. Say separate. Let the lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years and let these lights in the sky shine. Somebody say shine. One more time. Say shine. Let these lights shine down on the earth and that is what Happen Today, I want to speak to you two things. I want to speak to you about separating yourself from darkness and shining your light for the Lord. Somebody say amen. I want to warn you that today, if we're going to talk about darkness, we got to talk about real darkness. We got to talk about things that are, that are not easy to talk about in the church sometimes. But how many of you know that there's a lot of darkness outside? Raise your hand. Uh, there's a lot of things that make us just go, oh man, why is, are things happening like that? And so, you know, my encouragement to you is, is, is I've shared this on Facebook, but I also want to share here today um, that we feel we have an awesome kids ministry, grades uh, fifth grade and below. And, and as I'm going to be talking about some of the darkness that that's in this world, it might be more appropriate for that fifth grader and below to join our awesome kids ministries this morning. Um, and uh, I, I, I just feel like I should say that and let you know because because if we're going to talk about darkness, we don't need to talk, we don't need to hold back. We don't need to hold back. And if we're going to talk about light, we don't need to hold back. Amen. We're going to talk about darkness and we're going to talk about the light. Uh, let me bring you back to the first two weeks. Uh, actually week two and week three, when God said, let there be light. And there was this light bulb moment, no, no pun intended. There was this light bulb moment as I was reading that, that the first recorded words in scripture were, let there be light. The first recorded words of God, I should say, was, let there be light. 
Let there be light. And yet we see now here happening on day four, God is speaking about a different kind of light. He's speaking about natural lights. Uh, He's speaking about, he says, let lights appear. So how is it that God is talking about light now when he already talked about light at the beginning? And this is what I believe that God is speaking us today is that God, there's a difference between supernatural light and natural light. Natural light is what we see happening right here. Everybody look around. You see lights on the stage, lights shining on the stage. You see lights shining from the stage. You see uh, lights out in the audience. Uh, uh, we, we have lights all over. Lights is seeping through from the outside. Those are natural lights. But, but God, I believe, wants to speak to us today about something he calls supernatural light. Can we say that together? Supernatural light. And it comes from the word of God. God's word is supernatural light. Does anybody believe that? Well, if you don't believe it, then go to Genesis. Let there be light. That was his first recorded. But let me give you Psalm. Psalm 119 says this, your word is a lamp into my feet and a, wow, light into my path. It is a, it is a, let me give you an illustration. This is something that I felt like the, the Lord, the Lord gave me. How many of you have a, a, how many of you depend, or maybe not depend, maybe you just have, uh, it's a convenience, uh, on your phone, everybody have a phone, most people have a phone, you have downloaded some kind of Bible app, raise your hand, raise your hand, all right? If you have your phone, you raise your hand, I want you to go ahead and take that out right now. You say, Pastor, I thought we were supposed to put up our phones in church. Well, it's okay. If the pastor says it's okay, just make sure it's on silent because if you get a phone call, that's yeah, $25 to missions, okay? That's $25 to missions. If you get a ding or something like that, make sure it's on silent. So everybody pull up your phone right now. And I want you to go to your app. This is just an illustration of how God's word is light. God's word is light. Everybody, everybody got that? Show, show it to me. Show me you got, your, you got your light. All right. Everybody's working on it right now. All right. So keep that light up because what would happen in here today is that, is that if all the lights eventually began to just go away and, and just turn out completely, I'm talking about all the lights, all the lights, they're working on it. They're working on it. They're working on it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Some of you got your flashlight on. You're cheating. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the light right there. Everybody just look around for a second. How many of you know that because you've got the word of God right there, this is what it's like in this world. This world is filled with darkness. If you believe that, say amen. But if you, if, you, if you have the word of God inside of you, you can still find where you should go. You can still find the answers because of the light of the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. All right, put your phones back up. Don't get distracted. Don't check Facebook. Let's turn on all the lights again. Did you know that actually one day we weren't, we're not even going to need this extra light that we have here? Did you know that? We talked about this song, this song that, that, that talked about one day God is going to come back to get us. He's going to come in robes of white, hallelujah, and he's going to rescue us out of here. And the Bible talks about a new city uh, that will be coming. And, and the Bible says that the city will not need the sun. It will not need the moon. It says this, for the glory of God illuminates the city 
and the Lamb is its light. The nations, I love it that our church is represented from different nations. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all of their glory. Hallelujah. I love the sun and I love the moon and I love the stars and I love the lights that we have here. But friends, it does not compare to the supernatural light of the Lord that comes from his word. Amen? Amen. So what is God speaking to us today? I believe that God is speaking to us that he has supernatural things for us, gifts like, like Miriam just shared. I think that was a word of knowledge uh, that she shared that God has supernatural gifts for us that we don't even know or can comprehend. Now, how many of you know that the Bible is filled with supernatural occurrences that overstep natural occurrences? The first thing that I thought about was in, uh, uh, in, 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 First uh, Kings chapter 17, I want to make sure I had that reference for you. First uh, Kings chapter 17, there was this, this, this woman and uh, this woman who, who uh, they were in a bad drought. Praise God, our drought's going to be over with soon. I hope so. With the, praise God. The, how many of you are excited about the rain? Raise your hand. All right. She was in a bad drought and she was a single mother. Uh, shout out to all the single mothers. Amen. Let's give it up for them. Thank you. Single mothers, single fathers, single parents. Man, we honor you, we honor you. And she was a single mother and all she had in, in her jar was, was enough food for one more meal for her and her son. Uh, it was just enough flour, it was just enough oil, that's all she had. And she was in process, she was thinking about tomorrow already. She was, how many of you, sometimes we, we think about tomorrow and she's thinking about tomorrow and, and she's, she's like, I have nothing else until so she's gathering sticks She's gathering these sticks and, and the prophet comes to her and says, why are you gathering these sticks? And she says, because I, only, I don't have anything else to feed my, my child. So I guess I'm gonna make you know, fish soup or I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but, but I, I, at least we you know, will have something to fill our, our stomachs and we'll be hungry, but at least we have something to fill our stomachs. And the man of God said, uh, uh, the man of God said, well, here's what I want you to do. I actually want you to feed me your last meal. And, and the Bible says that she did. She was obedient to that. And he said, if you do that, what's gonna happen is that your jar will never run out. Your jar of oil and your jar of, of, of flour will never run out. And, and she was obedient to the, to the, to the man of God. And, and the Bible says that, 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 that what ha see what she saw was just one more meal for her family. That was the natural occurrence. But what God saw is that God gave her not just one more meal, but her, uh, the prophet, uh, the man of God, one more meal, her son, one more meal. The Bible, there's another translation that talks about her whole family ate from that meal. And, and, and for, so for days they were eating tortillas and for days they were eating naan and for days they were eating pan dulce and for days, I'm talking about all the good carb stuff they got because listen, sometimes we look at our natural occurrences and we go, oh God, this is all I got. But let me tell you, God is a supernatural God and he doesn't see like you see. He sees something different because he has a different light to shine upon your heart and shine upon your faith and shine upon your mind. Hallelujah. So I don't know who you are today, but you've been waiting and saying, God, I only have enough for this. And God's saying, no, be obedient to me. Be obedient in your tithe. Be obedient in coming to church. Be obedient in doing the things that I've called you to be obedient to in the word of God. And if you do that, something supernatural will occur. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. The Bible is filled with that. 
The Bible is filled with that, supernatural occurrences. Let me give you another example of uh, uh, supernatural occurrences that overstepped the natural uh, um, the children of Israel. Children of Israel were walking in the desert for 40 years, 40 years. And the Bible says that for those 40 years, they did not have to uh, uh, buy new clothes and new shoes because God supernaturally did something in their life. Uh, uh, some of you may have already noticed, I got some brand new Air Force Ones. Raise your hand if you noticed it. All right, we got a few people. Brand new Air Force Ones. And that was from my wife for our anniversary, 18 years. And, and she wanted to make sure I look, stay fresh and stay clean, all right? Because, because I needed some new Air Force Ones because let me show you what my, my old one look like uh, this is three years worth of walking and worth of uh, working and all the things like that uh, can you see the difference can you see the difference between these two shoes right there look at that look at that I can't make these things stay white I can't they're 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 gonna wear out they are wore out already and I'm walking like those teenagers like this now because I don't want them to crease you know like walking somebody the other day said to me they said pastor is there something wrong with your leg I said no I just don't want there to be creases like this one uh, this, uh, I'm limited in what I can do but how many of you know God is unlimited in what he can do hallelujah 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 the Bible's filled with supernatural things over natural things Jesus took uh, uh, five loaves of bread and, and two fish and, and he fed 5,000 people. And I don't, I, my, my first thought for you to take away this morning is simply this, is that, is that God desires to do something supernatural in your life, but we first gotta give up the natural. We gotta give up the natural and he sees things differently than we do, amen? The Bible also talks about how, if we continue to read, how God's desire for us is to um, not just believe him for the supernatural, but call us to separate ourselves from the natural. From the, from the darkness, really, is what Bible says. God calls us to separate ourselves from these things. That Just like at the beginning, he said he, he called the... The, the day to separate between night and darkness, God is still calling people specifically to separate ourselves from night and darkness. I'm sorry, from day into uh, light and from light to darkness. I was reading that word separates. One more time, say separate. And I know I'm kind of jumping with my, my notes here for a second, but if you could pop that up, that word up there, the word separate. That word separate, as I was digging into that a little bit this week in my study, that word separate means, do we have that slide? Uh, that word separate means to divide and to distinguish. Can we say those two words? Divide and to distinguish. And it's actually the same word that was used in Leviticus and Ezekiel chapter four when the Lord told, uh, said in Leviticus, you must distinguish between, let's say those two things together, the unclean and the 
clean. And then Ezekiel uh, said this, you must separate, say this with me, the holy from the common. Do you know today that God is still in the business of separating that which is clean and that which is unclean and that which is holy and that which is unholy? It's not an Old Testament thing. It's a, new, it's a new day today, still God doing it. He is calling his people to separate ourselves from that which is unclean and to hold on to what is clean, to separate ourselves from that which is common. Oh, but everybody's doing it and everybody's believing it and it's all over social media and, it, and it's on the political platforms and all these things like that. God is calling us to separate ourselves from that which is common and calling us to embrace holiness. If you believe that, say amen. First Thessalonians tells us this, examine everything, examine everything everything examine everything do you know now more than ever we need discernment in this world than any other time i believe and but and many of you have lived uh, you're in your 70s or 80s or 90s you probably will say and and, and say to me yeah pastor you know it is it is it has gotten worse it has not gotten better where are my senior adults at all right you say it's gotten worse now you've lived a few years you've lived a few years it's gotten worse it hadn't gotten any better, has it? Has it? And so now, today, we got to have discernment more than anything. You say, Pastor, what is discernment? Discernment is this, the ability to decide between truth and error. Right and... Did you know? Did you know that word wrong is a bad word today? Hello? What do you mean I'm wrong? What do you mean it's wrong to do this? What do, you, what do you mean? No, we need to embrace wrongness again. When I mean by embrace it, we need to call it wrong if it's wrong and we need to call right what is right. Does anybody still believe that today? Does anybody believe in truth versus error? Does anybody still believe that today? The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians that Satan, Satan, we have, do you know we have an enemy? His name is Satan. He masquerades. Look, check this out. What are we talking about today? Light? He masquerades as an angel of what? Whoa. Whoa. Donnie, are you getting this? He, he's, he, he, you mean he's pretending to be light? Yeah, that's right. He's pretending to be light. It's not surprising then, 2 Corinthians says this, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. What does that mean? That means that, that somebody who, who, it seems right, it seems right. This morning in, in Donnie's growth group class, we talked about justification and how we wanna justify ourselves. We wanna have our own set of righteousness. Well, it's okay for me to do this because of this and this happened. And it's okay for me to do this. Uh, can I share that story about that young man? This young man uh, uh, was, so, was so so hilarious. This, this young man that he, he, he knew uh, went to jail, went to jail because he, he, he committed a crime. I'll just say that, he committed a crime. Went to jail, so Donnie went to visit him, and he said, pa he said uh, Pastor Donnie, because Do Donnie and Tina used to pastor, he said, um, uh, you remember in the Bible where it says that, uh, that, that, that Paul and Silas were set free because they were in prison? Can you pray that for me? Can you pray that for me? And Donnie said, um, that's not the same thing. You committed a crime, 
they were preaching the gospel. And he said that that boy got mad, his parents got mad, they ended up leaving the church, right? His family got mad because, why? Because the boy and the family were trying to justify what he did was right and make it uh, and line it up with the word of God. You can't do that with the word of God. But how many of you know people are trying to do that today? Satan appears as an angel of light, but his light is not true light. It's not true light. And, and, and so many people today feel enlightened by these new revelations of themselves, of their sexuality, of their body, of their identity, about society, about history, about church, and about our faith. And you know what? Satan has servants that are masquerading this message, doesn't he? This, this message, he said, if you go back to it, it says, it says he has these servants that masquerade and they pretend to be light. And you know where those servants are? Those servants are on our screens, on our phones. They're on our TV screens. They're on our movie screens. They're on our political stages. And sadly, they're even on our church stages too. I, I'm going to preach real hard for a second. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? They're, they're, on, they're on billboards, magazines, their papers, their blogs, they're all over the place. And so many things today, they sound good, they look like light, they sound like light, they, they, they feel like they feel good. The, the reality is, is that they're not good and they're not light. Look what Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied this back in the day. He said, whoa, somebody said, whoa. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for sour. How many of you would be mad if I said to you, you need to try this cookie. It is the sweetest cookie ever. And I presented it to you, Gilbert. I said, here you go. It's the sweetest cookie ever. And you believed me and you trusted me and you ate that thing. And it was the sourest thing that you ever tasted. I used bad eggs, bad milk, bad everything, everything. Wouldn't you be mad at me? Big time. Oh, he said big time, big time. How many of you would be mad? If I gave you something to try to, yeah, yeah. But you know what? People today are being served this sour, bitter uh, uh, agendas and ideologies and people are eating it up. And you know what? When they really try it, it may feel good. It may be like that lady who had the, 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 the sticks. It may fill their belly, but you know, how many of you know it's not nutritious? How many of you know that it'll eventually kill them? Somebody say amen. It, it, it's, it's bitter. It's bitter. It's not, it's not true. It's not good, even though they say it is good. I just got a text that said, fire, preach it, brother. Okay, I'm going to. People today are living by this a natural light instead of spiritual light. And, 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 and the problem is they can't see it. And so we've got to call people out of darkness. And that's what's happening today. I'm going to call some people out of darkness. And, and I'm praying you will see the light. Because what we have today is ideology versus theology. Ideology says is simply a set of beliefs. It's a set of ideals that determine one's beliefs. 
and how they feel society should be run. But theology is the study of God and God's word and our beliefs about him. You see, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. We don't need ideologies. We need more theology from the inspired word of God. And I really believe that there are three ideologies that are running rampant in our society today that I believe, these aren't the only ones, but I believe these are the top. You know it because you see it all the time. It's in our news. It's in our news feeds. It's, you know, it's everywhere. It's, it, it, they're attacking our children. These three things I believe are the top three things that are ideologies that are really darkness, that are really bitter, but they're being sold as light and they're being sold as sweet things. The first one is abortion, abortion. It makes sense to a person who's only living by the natural ways, the, the natural light, world's ways, that a woman should live by an ideology of my body, my choice, and, 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 and it being about women's healthcare issue more than it is about anything. Therefore, it makes sense to them because they don't believe in supernatural life. Therefore, they believe that a child, an infant, not a, not a fetus, not an embryo, a baby, a child, hello? Do you know it's a baby? Do you know it's a child? That they believe that, that and I'm not talking about this is just the women, the men believe this too. And I checked this, make sure with my wife, I checked with her. I was like, I'm gonna say these things about women. Is that okay? She said, you better say those, okay? So it's not me being a man, being, uh, you know, whatever, sexist or anything like that. This is the word of God. Therefore, this is what they believe, that a person should be able to terminate a pregnancy. That's the word they use, no. They, 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 they believe that a person should kill an innocent child all the way up. There are some laws today that allow a child to be aborted all the way up until birth. And following these ideologies will only lead us into worse and worse things. But friends, how many of you know we don't need more ideology, we need more theology. And, 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 and theology from the inspired word of God says 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that says this, it's not my body, it's not my choice, hallelujah. The inspired word says, don't you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God, therefore you are not your own. You were bought with the price, therefore honor God with your bodies, hallelujah. This goes for women, this goes for men, hallelujah, for everyone. Everybody. Thank God. Let me give you a testimony. My wife's grandmother, Geraldine Horton, when she was pregnant with my wife's mother, Mary Murphy, when she was pregnant, this was back in the day. What, what year? What year was that? 54. The doctors then said, you need to abort this baby. You, she, she, you're going to die. It's unhealthy for you. 
it's unhealthy for you. You're going to die. The baby's going to die. You just need to abort this baby. But praise God that she was a, Geraldine Horton was a woman of faith. And she said, I'm not going to abort this baby because the word of God says it's not my body. It's not my choice. It belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to trust God that God is going to bring forth this baby healthy. And because of that decision, Mary Murphy was able to live a full life, bear two two beautiful uh, uh, girls, my wife, Leanne and Brittany, and they collectively were able to produce two, three, total of three more girls. And I look forward to the day that my niece and my two daughters, hallelujah, will one day bear their own children if that would be the Lord's will for their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need more theology and less ideology. We need more people that believe the inspired word of God. You still with me? We're calling people out of what? Darkness. And let me just say, I don't have this in my notes, but I really believe this. You know how the gun violence in the schools has, has turned up? Have you, have you thought about that? You know why? I believe that there are demons in hell that are mad that they can't kill babies anymore. And they're, they're just, they're trying to do something else. They're still trying to go after our children. Friends, we need to pray more now than ever. We need to rebuke the enemy. We need to warfare. We need to pray over our children. Come on. Because there is an enemy out there. But let me just tell you, I believe that God is raising up a generation. I'm grateful that our, our youth pastor, Pastor Rano, is preaching uh, right now to our children about putting on the armor of God every single day they go. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. We need more of that preaching. We need more of those things being told to our kids because they're going out in a, in a crazy world. Let me just say in regards to the issue of abortion, you know, now that we, we, this isn't the end. We've got a long way to go because the reality is, is that abortion is not completely illegal, even in the state of Texas. It's, it's not yet. And we have a long way to go. But another thing, another thing, by the way, how many of you have prayed for many years for abortion to end? Raise your hand. You've been, you've, since Roe v. Wade, you were the, you've been praying for that. We honor you for that. Thank you for praying. Come on, can we honor for those who have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed? Oh, we honor you. We honor you. But we still have a long way to go. And let me just tell you, church, we better do something about this. Because now there's going to be a bunch of children that the parents still aren't going to want them, want them, and we better ramp up our adoption and foster care and support for these women. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, second thing that I believe is an ideology that we need more ideology is, is really just sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. It makes sense to a person who lives by these ideologies that a person should have the sexual freedom um, to uh, have sex with anybody, whomever, whatever, whenever they want to. Um, they, they use the ideology, the motto, love is love, just like abortion used my body, my choice. They, they use love is love, and, 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 and they bring these desires into marriage, what they call marriage covenants. I don't call them marriage covenants. I call them, I call them civil unions. That's what they are. Legally, they're, they're, that's fine. You can be a civil union, but don't you call it marriage because marriage, the Bible says that marriage is a God thing and God does, God desires for a man and a woman to be married. That's his purpose in, in this life. And, and following this ideology has led to all kinds of laws and, 
and, and people living together before marriage and, 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 and same-sex unions and, and other bizarre unions. I was, you know, just a quick Google search. I, I just typed, man marries, and it had said this fictional character. Did you know there was a man in Japan that married a fictional character? Say, so how did that happen? Well, because they didn't stop with the word of God that says a man should be with a woman and a woman should be with a man. And then I Googled woman marries, and you know what came out? Woman marries a tree. But these are people that are really walking in darkness. I follow a lady by the name of, oh my goodness, what is her name? Um, Janet Boynes, thank you. Janet Boynes. And she posted something about, there is a new term coming out right now. It's called people that deal with MAP, M-A-P, MAP. You know what that stands for? Minor Attracted Peoples. Let that sink in for a second. Because at one time we'd call somebody like that a pedophile. Oh, but all of a sudden things change. And let me just tell you what's happening is that people are saying, well, if you allow this, then you need to allow this too. Hello? That's what people are saying. Don't get my words twisted. Don't say, pastor said this. No, that's what people are saying. And friends, this is why if we don't, if we don't stop it where the word of God says, what? That a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife. That's more theology, more than ideology. Amen? You still with me? It's going to get worse. Okay. Can I tell you what the third one is? The third one is fluid identity. Have you ever heard that term? Fluid identity? Fluid identity... Uh, it, 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 makes, it makes sense. I, I know, I, I think I posted choice identity, but, but actually the, the term that's going around right now is fluid identity. It makes sense to a person who lives by the natural light, that's the world's ways, for them to believe the ideology that a person can choose to be whoever they want to, uh, including their gender, their nationality, their age, their species. Yes, I said species. No, I'm, I'm serious. People are walking in darkness, believing that they're not even human anymore. That they're, that they're a dog or an, some kind of animal. Or there's a man, a white Caucasian man, that believes he was born in the wrong body and, and should have been Korean and has had over 17 corrective surgeries to make himself Korean. What a slap in the face it is to the Korean culture that a man or a woman could all of a sudden decide, you know what, I'm going to be Korean. And the world applauds that. That's darkness. I'm going to say it again, that's darkness. Following this ideology, right now what's happening is, is there are laws that are, that are trying to promote for children to be allowed to have hormone blockers, sex reassignment surgeries, 
Can I tell you, I've talked to people who have had sex reassignment surgeries and they tell you it is the worst thing that they've ever been through. And yet we're trying to put our children through that. It's getting a little quiet in here. Are you still with me? It's led, this whole ideology is led to men dressing up as women, reading to kids in libraries. Men, you know, they call them drag queens, reading to kids in libraries, performing in high school pep rallies. Uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, I saw something the other day that said that, that now churches, I don't know how, what church it was, maybe it's a church, maybe I shouldn't say churches, but a church, I would question if it was really a church, but a church is having drag queen days now. It's led to boys and men being allowed to compete in women's sports, using their bathrooms, using their dressing rooms. My wife and I were talking the other day about how offensive it is to a woman to think that a man can just put on a dress and some makeup and call himself a woman. woman. Women are more than just hair and makeup and dresses. They are God's gift to mankind. They are strong and intelligent and loving and anointed, hallelujah. Hallelujah, men, men would be lost without women in the home and in the schools and in the workforce and they would be lost. We would be lost without women in leadership in this church. I praise God for women. Don't you think that just because you put on some lipstick and a dress that all of a sudden you can call yourself a woman. I know a powerful woman right there and you don't compare in any, in any way, shape or form to the power and the intelligence and the beauty that she is. Friends, these people are walking in darkness. We gotta call them back to life. We got to say that's bitter. We got to say that's sour. Hallelujah. No man should be allowed to identify as a woman or a woman should be identified as a man or anything like that. Listen, the, the, the person living with these spiritual, uh, the, living with the spiritual light realizes this, that our identity comes from Genesis 1:27. Therefore, God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. Praise God. God makes it real easy. There's not multiple, there's not multiple genders. There's two genders. Hallelujah. There's a man and there's a woman and God was the one that decided in the, the, the belly in the, in, the, in the womb of the woman to, to make that decision and we cannot allow people to believe these things. We got to call light light and we got to call darkness darkness. Amen. I was reminded of, my, of our title as I was as I was speaking as I was studying that that this this title is called weekdays and I felt compelled to tell this audience today that if there's any person dealing with any kind of weakness in any of these areas or if you've maybe had an abortion or maybe you're struggling with uh, you know some uh, sexual immorality whether that be same sex or outside of marriage uh, or you're dealing with some kind of, uh, of, 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 of identity crisis listen I want to try I want to uh, turn you to turn to first Peter 2 9 that says this this is how you can find your identity you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood that means God has anointed you you are a holy nation you belong to God and God has called you and purposed you to, to call to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light listen all of us in here who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior who are walking in the light we've all been in darkness at one point or the other amen raise your hand if you've been in darkness hallelujah so to the 
you've come here today, you say, man, I'm walking in some darkness. I, I, I'm believing these, these, these things and, and I'm struggling with it. Listen, listen, the church is a place you can confess your weakness. You can confess the darkness and you won't find judgment. Rather, you will find the light of God and the help of the church to come around you and love you and just embrace you and say, it's okay because I was once in darkness just like you. Amen. Can I say, man, can I say to the religious and to those who, who just, you know, you may not believe that you go, I don't know. They got to get cleaned up before they got to come in. Praise God. I didn't go to a church like that because I was a mess. I was in sexual immorality. I struggle with, with knowing my identity and who I was and what God wanted me to do. I, I struggled with that. I once believed that it was my body and my choice. I believed that, but praise God that I came to a church. It wasn't this church, but it was a church like this church. And, and that's the kind of church we're gonna be. We're gonna embrace and we're gonna love. And I know many of you are dealing with family members and friends and, and you're struggling, you're like, like it's so easy to, to, to just believe and embrace them and love them. Listen, it's okay to embrace them and it's okay to love. But friends, we also gotta separate ourselves from the ideology and believe more theology. Is anybody still with me today? There is an option to keep walking in darkness there is an option. The Bible says that one day that people will, give, will not want sound doctrine. Um, they're going to they're gonna put people in front of them to have itching ears. The Bible says that one day people will abandon faith and they're going to follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And let me warn you here today, church. Let me warn you to this. We talked about how how bad it, how, how things from the past, if you look at it from the past perspective and you're looking at it today, how things are getting worse, guess what? It's only gonna keep getting worse. The Bible says, if you look at 2 Thessalonians, we don't have time to read it all, but the Bible talks about 2 Thessalonians, that one day there will be an antichrist that, we, we, that will be revealed. Some believe that he's already uh, born, I, I guess, and, or, or, or has been revealed. There will be an antichrist, and the Bible says that he will use all sorts and displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie, and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed of the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Listen, if you don't get this right right now, it's gonna be so much harder for you in the future. If you're being deceived right now by some of these things and walking in darkness, it's gonna be even worse the coming, coming later. Romans talks about the wrath of God is being revealed, it's gonna happen. God makes things plain, I'm skipping uh, some of this. I just wanna tell you, if we think the deception is bad now, it does not compare to the deception that is to come when the antichrist is revealed, when the false prophet is revealed, when the beast and the great prostitute and all those things that will reign one day on this earth as we see in Revelation. Do you know it's coming? Do you know it's coming, church? There will be a false prophet there will, be a, there will be a beast that will come. There will be, there will be an antichrist that will come. Is it, anybody still believe that today? The Bible says, talks about a mark of the beast that people aren't gonna even be able to buy or sell or anything like that. Why would they do that? Because they're so deceived. They're walking in darkness. But praise God, we see that Jesus said in John chapter 
look at this next scripture. John chapter 8, verse 12. Can I give you the second point today? Is that God is calling out of us out of darkness. Therefore, we should shine our light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hallelujah. Jesus is our light. Jesus is our light. And if we follow his word, and if we say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe more theology than ideology, friends, you'll be at a good place. You'll be at the best place. You'll be at the winning place, hallelujah. It's gonna get darker. But friends, how many of you know that the darker it may get, all it takes is a small little light. A small little light, and it'll light up that whole room. Did you know that you are that light? It was already quoted up here in scripture. They didn't even know uh, uh, on the worship. They didn't even know. What does Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says? That you are the light of the world. I want you to say this over yourself. I am the light of the world. He says this, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'll close with this, Genesis chapter 1. If we keep reading, the Bible says that God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. And he also made the stars. You know what was interesting as I was reading that? How many of you know that the sun is a great light? Raise your hand. In fact, I think it's somewhere in the like millions that, that how, how much bigger it is than the earth, science teachers, and I should have looked this up, like a million earths or something like that, maybe it's not that big, can fit inside the sun. Just pretend like it's true, okay? <laughs> I don't know what it is. You can correct me later, okay? But it's big. But then we have the moon that's smaller than the earth. Yet God called both of them great lights. Think about that for a second. How is it that they were both called great lights? If one is so much bigger and one is so much smaller, can I tell you it has nothing to do with size and it has everything to do with what God's word says to us and our relationship with God. Did you know that God is the S-U-N, S-O-N, the son, and he is great. But how many of you know that the Bible also talks about that we become heirs with God? co-heirs with Christ. In other words, this is a great depiction of our relationship with God. We want to be the sun, but we have no real light. All we are is like Michael Jackson, just a bunch of moonwalkers. That's all we are. That's all we are. We're moonwalkers. We walk around shining the light of the Lord. Don't be like Michael Jackson, by the way. But are you are you, and, and, and just like the sun, S-U-N, governed the day, the moon also has the same authority to govern the night. Just like God has the ability 
to govern heaven, he has given us authority to govern on this earth. You have the authority to be able to walk around and shine the light of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You have the authority to walk in a place and pray and speak good things. You have that authority and you shine your light and you love people and you embrace people and they may believe bad ideologies, but friends, let it not be said that the Christian is more ideological than he is theological. Come on, let it be said that he believes the word of God no matter what and that he and she are walking in God's wonderful light. Can I remind you again that he called you out of darkness to walk in his marvelous light.